welcome to another episode of Bipedia. Um, we're about a week out from Christmas, and as usual, it's fuck Christmas. I hate Christmas. I don't see the point of it. Everybody's a hypocrite during this time. People lie about how much they care about family and and uh, uh, and people over things. That's a lie. All people do is spend a bunch of money around this time buying shit they don't need so that uh, corporations can get richer while not paying people. <laughs> this is a great way to start a fucking podcast. Guys, I hate Christmas. I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Fucking hate it. Um, Rachel uh, was just texting me and she was like, you know, she's trying to figure out, you know, it's like COVID variants and everything, um, like people visiting and stuff. And I am unhelpful because the idea of going anywhere during Christmas or having anyone come to my house during Christmas is ludicrous to me. Get away from people. That's what you need to do. Because if you really believe in the true spirit of Christmas, you realize that nobody else believes in it. And maybe, maybe COVID is here to get rid of all of us. Because maybe we fucking deserve it. Maybe we only got 18 months, right? Because, like, people keep going, like, oh, when it's safer, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Me too. But maybe it's not going to be safer, guys. Maybe this is it. Maybe we all have 18 months to live and that's it. And there's no heaven. There's no afterlife. There's no, there's no like reincarnation. We all get to be butterflies or whatever. Nothing. It's darkness. I won't even say dirt because everyone else is dead. So there's nobody to put you in the fucking ground. Maybe this is all there is. And you only get 18 months. And if that's what the case, what do you want to do with your 18 months? Do that. Go do that. I, <laughs> I should have waited maybe 15 minutes before I started this podcast. I'm just like. Guys, I fucking hate Christmas. I hate Christmas. I hate COVID. I hate, uh, I'm doing, like, listen, I'm doing the best I can. I've been boosted. My kids are, that can be, get COVID shots, have COVID shots, wear a mask, yada, yada, yada. I do what I fucking can. Um, I have children. They care about Christmas. So I buy, I've, I actually started wrapping presents today because I was like, I normally have an Excel sheet with like what I bought people and next to it, how much it costs so that. In comparison, I know how many gifts about, everyone got about the same amount of gifts and they cost about the same amount. That's what I'm going to show the children, you know what I mean? But for my own stuff, but this year it was willy-nilly, so I had to start wrapping gifts because I was like, I don't know what the fuck they, I got these damn kids. So I did what I did. I'm here. I, I'm doing the best I can. And I'm going to try very hard. Not to let on how much I fucking hate Christmas. I'm like, listen, I'm not saying my kids are Rhodes Scholars or anything like that, but, uh, they should know I hate fucking Christmas. They should fucking know. They should be able to see it, but I'm going to do my best not to ruin anybody's Christmas. I just can't wait till everybody's old enough to like go to your boyfriend's house for Christmas and leave me to fuck alone. I can't fucking wait. I fucking hate Christmas. Shit. (laughs) And people always are like, did something bad happen to you at Christmas? No, I had fine Christmases growing up. It was fine. It was fine. Uh, I don't have any bad memories of a Christmas. I was even homeless during a Christmas once. It wasn't a bad Christmas. It, it's just Christmas. I just hate hypocrites that say one thing and do another thing. And if, and I, and like buying a bunch of stuff and like trying to give it to people and all these family dynamics and shit, I just, want to check the opt-out box. I don't want to do that. I just don't want to. I think it's stupid. 
So, um, yeah, even as a kid, I, I wasn't really too into Christmas. I was into getting presents, obviously. But when I was done, I was just like, could you guys just leave me alone? Like, let me be. I don't want to do this. So, mm, there we go. I don't know what. <laughs> let me start over. Hey guys, Princess here and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. <laughs> it's a week for Christmas and I hope you guys are enjoying your holiday. <laughs> what have I been doing? I, um, guys, I watched the Real Housewives of Miami. It's not a reboot. It's not a, re is it a revival? It's a revival, I think. I don't know. I Are they called, they're not calling it season one, are they? I don't know. I don't know, but Real Housewives of Miami is back. It's on Peacock. Now, to get me to sit down and watch a Housewives show is tough because, right, I can listen to it. I, I'll know everything if I just listen to it. I watch Potomac, and usually the first three episodes I watch pretty, like, mm, like close to when they came out. And then after that, I'll be watching them two and three, or maybe even four at a time, depending on how much on my nerves taking on me. But everything else, I kind of watch whenever. But, you know, I had some time to kill. I was folding laundry. So let me turn on this Miami uh, Housewives. Because, guys, as you know, for my season of doing Real Housewives of Miami, it's one of my favorite franchises. I think it has the most beautiful women on it. I think it has the most, like, diverse and international. And, like, I just, I thought it was great. So I turned it on. And it's good. <laughs> I don't know why it's good, but it's fucking good. And, um... We've got, like, at least five of the same women. We've got Alexia, the Cuban Barbie. Her husband died, and now she's finding... She got separated from her husband, then he died, and then her, her husband's kid kicked her out of that fucking house and closed down the business. I was like, okay, well, obviously they legally could do that. I mean, I'm sure there's more to the fucking story. And now she's finding out that her husband had a gay lover, and she's meeting up with him and shit. She's got a new fiancé. I was like, why are you meeting up? Why are you doing this? Apparently, the gay lover came to the funeral and everything. Ooh, drama. And so, also, remember that Peter kid that was like, that uh, videoed himself abusing a homeless man? What a piece of shit. Uh, he's 30 now, and um, he's hot. <laughs> Not hot. Uh, doable is what he is. Um, and she's like, she'll, she spent like, they had the first two episodes. She spent like two episodes going... I don't know why Peter doesn't like my, my fiance. I mean, I just, it's so sad. So sad. And then we finally find out that, okay, so, um, Alexia also has a son named Frankie. Um, <clears throat> the, at the season I did of Real Housewives of Miami, Alexia wasn't on because Frankie got into a really bad car accident and he had sustained some brain injuries. Like, my understanding, and I could be wrong, is that Frankie's, um, he had to learn how to walk again, and then he's, that he's essentially going to be, like, mentally a teenager for the rest of his life. Um, like, he's not gonna be able to live on his own or anything like that. She's gonna have to keep him close because, um, I, I, he had a brain in injury during the accident. So what happens is this. Peter came over the house and smoked some weed with Frankie. Now, Alexia's like, yeah, it's fine. It's a medical. It helps with people with these types of injuries. And I'm like, you act like Peter showed up in a in a doctor's coat <laughs> to treat Pete, Frankie. No, Peter just came by to get Frankie high, which is fine. 
I don't see why Frankie wouldn't want to get high. Like, why can't Frankie get high? It's fine. Just don't, like, give me, you know, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Like, just just keep it, keep it, keep it funky, okay? So, he got a little too high, I guess. And, like, just because they say red wine's good for heart health doesn't mean that every time you open a bottle of wine, you're doing medical treatment. Don't do that. Don't do that. So, so, um, during the dinner after Frankie got too high, they're all just sitting there eating dinner and Frankie's head just plop hits the fucking table. Like, and he's still like, everybody thought he was fucking dead and it was really scary. They had to revive him and shit. And you know, people were like, emotions were high and, uh, Alexia's fiance, Todd had some things to say to Peter about him. Like, you know, she, she won't tell us. It's just like, she, she keeps saying it was bad things. And I'm like, all right. But, <laughs> um, I can understand why he wanted to say those things to Peter because Frankie just almost died. And there's only two responsible adults in the situation. There's only one adult. There's only two people in the situation and only one of them, Peter is, the, is an adult supposedly responsible. So I'd be mad at Peter. But that said, fucking Peter's 30 years old, guys. Like, if he doesn't like your man, that's okay. Um, He doesn't have to look. I mean, they should be, like, fucking brawling and shit. But, like, if they don't fuck with each other, they don't fuck with each other. It's all good. He's 30. This is his second stepdaddy. Calm down. So, that's going on with Alexia. What's this happening? Adriana's on. Adriana's on and... You know, her and her boy and her husband just broke up. So she's out on the prowl again. Who else is back? Um, Lisa is back. Her and Lenny are still together, even though they almost broke up. Uh, Lenny looks even worse. I don't know what to say. He looks like he's wearing a paper bag made of skin. That's what he looks like. <laughs> uh, Lisa looks, I mean, everybody, listen, listen they were like, amazing looking okay at the beginning but they all look a little more instagrammy they've all got a little bigger lips a lot of filler and shit like that but they're still beautiful people lisa looks great but it's just quite obvious remember she she didn't have they were having issues because they're having kids and now she's got two kids and they're adorable shit um but um she and lenny had broken up and he'd had an emotional affair i mean is it a fair you guys broke up he had an emotional relationship with some other woman and, um, I just find it like really funny that it's obvious in every motherfucking scene. Lenny does not want to be with Lisa. Lenny hates Lisa. She's constantly, she's tried to like toast him to his 56th birthday. He's like, I'm not even 56. He's 55. She keeps going. The spark's still here, isn't it? And he's like, mm-hmm. She's like, aren't you glad we're still together? Yeah, like he fucking hates her. It's so obvious. Um, so we got Alexia, Umera Saul's back, but Mama Elsa is gone. You know, she died. But Mama Elsa narrated the opening. I was like, okay, one more. You guys really use Maricel to get to Mama Elsa for a long time. And you're let Mama Elsa is not here to narrate. So I don't know why you guys are using her voice. But um, uh, Marisol is married again. And she looks great. I mean, Marisol's always had a big face, to be honest, but she looks great. 
She looks happy. She's out and about. But these women stayed friends after the show. Now, Leah Black's not back. And I always said that. What is Leah Black doing on this show? But um, they've all stayed friends, so it's a natural progress- progression. They've got Larsa back. But remember, Larsa was only on, I think, season one and then went away. So here's the thing. I don't look at Larsa Pippen. Okay? I don't... Like, my only Kardashians... Uh, exposure is from Kara of everybody's business but mine. She used to have a Kardashians podcast, which I do miss because she used to break down a lot of shit that I was like, oh, really? That's what happened? Interesting. Don't, she does it, she does it on everyone's business but mine when she needs to. So that's still good. But the only time I would like see Kardashian pictures and stuff is if Kara is posting them on Instagram. So I didn't know Larsa looked like this, okay? <laughs> I knew she had changed. But Larsa's body looks deformed. And when I say deformed, I mean Larsa's body, like I was saying about Kylie and her and her best friend Stasi. Um she <laughs> it's a it's an interesting choice. It's a choice to decide to modify your body so that you look amazing in pictures, but scary in real life. It's a choice. And Kylie scares me a lot because she has really expressive eyes. And sometimes because of the way she does her lip fillers and stuff, her mouth looks like a mask. Um, Like she's like, like she couldn't talk if she wanted. It reminds me of like this time I was working and a call center and this woman, this older woman that sat in a cubicle next to me had a stroke. And like, I'm talking to her and I can tell she wants to say something. Like her eyes are trying to say stuff, but she physically cannot. And that's what Kylie's mouth and eyes are my, like she scares me sometimes. I get a little nervous. Larsa's body looks like that. And I guess everyone says Larsa's trying to look like Kim Kardashian. It's possible, but... I don't think Kim looks like that. Like, and maybe I'm wrong. Cause again, I, I don't fucking know, but Larsa looks deformed. She looks, she looks like you need to ask yourself, did she plan this, this way? So, um, everyone notices <laughs> on the first scene, she sits down at the table and Adriana says in her talking head, like, they tell me this is Larsa, but I don't know. That's a new face. I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> um, you know, basically the first couple episodes are that Alexia's ex, dead ex-husband had a lover and she's going to go meet him. That Larsa is doing OnlyFans and she's making $10,000 a day. And most of the women are judging her. Now, except for Marisol, who says she would do it if she could, but no one wants to see her flat ass. And I commend you, Marisol, for knowing your body. But <laughs> I just want to keep it real. If somebody offered me $10,000 a day to show my uterus on, <laughs> on OnlyFans, bitch, my uterus would be on the internet. Because <laughs> I am not that high up on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I can be bought. I can be bought. I can probably be bought for five grand a day. Like it's a lot of fucking money to me. Um, so 
Yeah, like, uh, largest the lightning rod. They think she's cheap. <laughs> Lisa called her clothes affordable two times. She was like, they're affordable and, um, affordable. <laughs> they want to know what the fuck her kids are. Like, I guess, like, Larsa has a 20 year old and, um, she has three sons and they're all with Scotty. I don't know why. Are they going to school in L? I don't know. They don't, they don't, or maybe they don't fuck with her. I don't fucking know. And she's got her daughter, Sophia. And like, <laughs> she's like, people thought I wasn't going to be okay without my marriage. I mean, I've lost my marriage or whatever. I'm fine. I'm great. I'm the best I've ever been. People, um, you know, I lost some old friendships. They flash like, uh, <laughs> Kim and Courtney Kardashian on the screen. And Lars is like, I'm fine. I'm the best I've ever been. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's good. And I'm glad that they only put it on Peacock. I, they don't need the pressure of like being on the network. I, I feel like we could do like 10, you know, eight to 10, maybe even six episodes of just like just this. And I think that's a good enough treat. If you guys get a second, watch it. Um, today when I was wrapping Christmas presents, I had it on and immediately after the first season of Jersey started playing and I couldn't find my remote. I did not want to watch it, but I was like, fuck it. I got to finish these presents. So I did. And (laughs) y'all, you know, I just finished watching season three and four of Jersey, but I didn't go back to watch season one. It is wild, okay? (laughs) The stuff people are saying and doing. By the way, like, Danielle is even more unhinged than I remember. Remember Gucci model? She was going to meet a guy named Gucci model on wealthy men, meat melt, wealthymen.com or whatever. And I thought that she had met him on that website and then, like, started up for a date and then, like, kind of, Kind of decided they were going to go on a date and that's why. And then he stood her up. No, 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 no. She had met Gucci model two years prior. They had been having phone sex for two years, guys. She didn't know his name. She didn't know his name. Then (laughs) she decides to meet up with him. And I'm sure he didn't come because of on camera, but she calls him and was like, maybe you stood me up because you're a fat, ugly. (laughs) I was like, oh shit. And, and meanwhile, the bartender and several random people at the bar are giving her advice. Like, as she's sitting there being stood up, the bartender's like, yeah, I wouldn't wait any longer. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Caroline says right away, she does not know why she's, she's like, I don't understand. Like, in this group, I'm very different from everyone else. Also, Lisa said this in the past. I, it's not that I didn't disagree, but I, but I was like, I don't know. It was more of like an interesting thought, but I was, I don't necessarily agree with her. And, but she said that Christopher is obviously Caroline's favorite. And yes, the fuck he is. It is so, that first episode, basically Chris, Lauren, and Caroline clown Albie for going to college. (laughs) Caroline gets to the camera and is like, you know, Christopher is more street smart than anything. And I think street smarts is more valuable in my book than book smarts. <laughs> Christopher does shit like, he's like, 
Alb, you just come home and like read books and um drink a bottle, drink wine and like oh, I'm reading, douche. Like <laughs> that's so. <laughs> it's it's very obvious that Christopher's her favorite, and the and I understand why. Like Alby's the golden child, but the thing is, Christopher makes her laugh. The same thing goes on in my house. Uh, Turtle is the golden child, by the way. I went to a uh, um, a Christmas pageant this year. It was they did it all outdoors, which was great. Um, but also, like I know the neighbors were like, "What the fuck is going on with the elementary school?" And remember, Turtle wanted to join the choir, and he was going to perform at the Christmas thing. And I was like, "I don't think it's going to happen." But he did it. He did it, guys. He stayed on the stage. He did not leave the stage, even as I let sent him to where the other fifth graders were, so he could like you know, get himself together, go on. Um, one of the things Turtle does is Turtle wears extra clothes to hide himself. Like if ever I get a picture of him in the classroom, he's usually got a very large coat on and it's 78 degrees. And so he had a jacket on and it was like really breezy out. And, but like in a nice way, like it wasn't cold. And I said, do you think you need that jacket? And he goes, maybe not. And gives it to me. I, I was very shocked about this. He wasn't, like, his jackets are, like, blankies for him. He needs them on. I don't know. He he does get cold, but also he, he wears them no matter what. Like, I remember, like, when I first got him, he was in the first grade. He, every picture I got of him had a hood, had a large coat with a hood on at school. And I'd be like, why are you wearing that? Why are you wearing a tightly, <laughs> a tight hood over your eyes at school? And he's like, oh, I was just cold. I'm like, mm. Anyway. So he performed, he stayed up there. They were the last in the pageant. So it was like three, they did like three songs. And when he got off and everyone clapped and he was allowed to get down, he ran straight to me and jumped on me. And I grabbed, I was like, oh my God, Turtle, you made it, you made it. And he's like, I did it, I did it. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. I'm glad it's over. (laughs) And all he did was sit in the back of the choir and sing. (laughs) Anyway. Turtle's a, a, a doll, a sweetie pea, easy to parent, no problems, only cares about, only cares about doing the best thing, cries like he got caught at the key, at the border with kilos, if he ever gets in a little bit of trouble, apologizes all the time, he's perfect, right? But the fact is, Cheeks makes me laugh, <laughs> even though he's the one I gotta do the most work with, he makes me laugh all the time. He's the funny guy, and therefore, I smile a lot at him. And the same thing goes on in my family. My older brother's such a quiet guy, and he didn't—he just doesn't need much in life. He's just a very quiet guy. He does his own thing, not a lot of trouble. He's never, like, I don't know. That, that day I found that shopping cart and put a bunch of kids in it and, like, rolled it down the hill in our not-nice apartment complex— and we hit some rocks and flipped and somebody's arm got broken. My older brother was not anywhere near that. <laughs> he doesn't do shit like that. <laughs> but the fact is, who does my mom call every morning? Me. Because I make her laugh. And in fact, I don't care how funny anybody in this world thinks I am. But I make my laugh two, my mom laugh two or three times a day. And it's like music to my fucking ears. And I am the favorite. I just am. It's sad that these other guys try. But I'm the favorite. And so, like, I understand. I, like, watching that, those scenes with Christopher and Caroline, I was like, 
Oh, Christopher is the fucking favorite. And it's always been the favorite. And nobody ever could even... There is no... He's the favorite by far. There's no close second. She hates Lauren in a way. Well, she's got mother-daughter shit with Lauren, you know? Like, a lot of women are really hard on daughters. And it's because you see yourself in them and also, like, you know, the world's gonna treat you this way. So, I like, they hold daughters to a higher standard and they're shitty to daughters. And Caroline, although she loves Lauren, I can see her being shitty to her in certain ways. Christopher is her favorite and Albie's her golden boy. But if she didn't speak to Albie for like three weeks, it might be okay. But Christopher, she's going to talk to every day. I just see it. Anyway, um, just like interesting stuff. And, and like I said, Danielle's off the rails. I, I was wrapping presents for quite some time. So it was like two or three episodes. I'm watching Gia go to auditions and Teresa's like, She's probably going to be in this movie with The Rock. I'm like, no, the fuck she isn't. I know that she's not going to be because we'd never be watching this if she was in the movie with The Rock. Also, I just saw her act. She's bad. She's a child, but she's bad. And then they've got interviews. Like, I think Jersey, no, Orange County did this too. But I think Jersey was the first to do like interviews with little kids. They did interviews with Gia where she's got her arms crossed, her legs crossed. And she's like, I love to be an actress. (laughs) Like, oh God. Uh, Teresa's buying $21,000 worth of fucking furniture in cash, in cash. Oh my God. (laughs) You guys, why didn't we know they were criminals right out the bat? (laughs) Nobody has $21,000 worth of fucking cash. (laughs) No one does that. No one walks in a, I guess, a high-end, I don't know if it's high. It looks like all the, the furniture stores around here too that like, uh, some of the shit's in like in catalog. Some of it's there, and you kind of like, you know, it looked like a, a furniture store I would have access to, and I'm not high in at all. But like, <laughs> who the fuck goes to a furniture store and gives? I hope I hope she was giving a deposit, and the editing made it look different. Hope she was giving like a two thousand dollar deposit, even though two thousand dollars is a lot to walk around with cash. I mean, no one does that, but still. <laughs> They gave us the impression that she just paid twenty one thousand dollars in cash, and and now that I think about it, she would need a bigger bag. <laughs> so maybe not, but still, guys, still. Why didn't we know they were criminals? Why didn't we know? Anyway, guys, I'm also still reading Diamonds and Rose. I'm about seventy percent through, but it's not a it's not a narrative read. It is. It is literally transcribed interviews put together um, and like spliced together. So some of these people are not in the same room, but they, but they put the dialogue together as if they were um, like the part where I said, Sonia Morgan was talking about how she knew everyone. She got a first, her and Jill got their first fur coats together. She summered in the Hamptons, blah, 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 blah. And then the next line is Jill being like, I never met Sonia a day before I started filming with her. Shit like that. It's like they're not in the same room, but they're using like, and the author was on Bitch Sesh, I believe, talking about how he did not tell people what other people said because he didn't think that was fair. But what he would do is he would bring up concepts and ask them about it. So if Andy said this, he would not say, Andy said blah, blah, blah. He would say, there is talk that this happened and allow them to address it that way as opposed to being like, this person, I I saw them yesterday. They said this. 
So it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. But it is, it's not an easy narrative read. So, but I am going to do an episode on it. Maybe, maybe I'll cut it in half because, because they, I mean, they get, they go through, they go to DC. They get, they do all of them. So I want to give it some time to talk about, you know, I might have to do it in two episodes, but I'm going to talk about it. Really interesting stuff in there. Like just like little stuff like Carlos King is obviously is a producer. He started on, I mean, Real House, he and Real Housewives of Atlanta started together. Um, he is integral to that cast. He introduced Candy to Todd. He is the producer that Phaedra lies and says that, uh, told him that Candy was going to rape Portia. Um, he's, so he's interviewed extensively in the book. He does Love of Marriage Huntsville right now. He does a couple of other episodes, uh, a couple other shows. He did Hollywood Divas, which is very good if you're like in that niche topic. Um, I didn't know he started, um, on the Jersey production too. And then he was assigned to Teresa and he has some very, like, he talks about that going shopping with Teresa and her pulling out that money and being like, oh, bitch, you rich, rich. I didn't know you was rich, rich. I know you was like that rich. And there is like, like, remember the, there, now we said it with Camille and um Taylor and the abuse and everything. Uh, Camille thought Taylor was asking her, Taylor was asking her to be honest about, uh, something that happened with Lisa Vanderpump. And that's why she kept pushing Camille to say it, say it, say it. And Camille thought she was like, oh, you want me to talk about how your husband like broke your fucking jaw? Okay, I'll say it. And <laughs> so that was, a, Camille didn't come to that party being like, I'm gonna out. Like everybody on the fucking cast already knew about it. Everybody on production knew about it at this point. Everyone knew, 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 knew. But Camille had no intention of showing up to this party being like, let's talk on camera about Taylor's husband beating her. And Taylor did not ask her to do that, but she thought Taylor was asking her to do it and that's why she did it. And then she tried to get it off the fucking show because she thought she was going to be sued. So she threatened to sue Bravo to get it off. Like she did not want it aired. So like, it's interesting stuff like that, that I mean, if you've just been around Bravo for all these years, it'll be easy for me to flip from thing to thing to thing to talk about and we will do that. So, um, let's talk about Rock of Love. Guys, I have some plans for some guests on here. I'm definitely gonna get Sonia on here again. Sonia's great and she, on her podcast, I just forgot the name of this fucking podcast. They did all the of love shows. So what, what fucking was it? I forgot the name of it. But she did the Rock of Love season. So like, I love, I can't wait to have her on here. Um, I'm going to try to get Tomlin on here because she has, a uh, she has a strong connection to Brandy C's pornography. <laughs> um, on the Patreon, I'm doing Teen Mom 2, the first season, and I'm having fun with that. Uh, definitely seeing things through different eyes. And Liz has agreed to come on. That was a weird text. Hey, Liz, you want to come on and talk about Teen Mom? She's like... <laughs> It was, a, it was weird to be sending that text because <laughs> the way it goes the other way around. You know what I mean? So Liz is coming on soon. Like we have good stuff happening. Um, I am taking a break. Uh, not, I think, yeah, I'm taking a break next. I don't know. I'm taking a break. I don't want to, to put things out the week between 
uh, Christmas and New Year's. So this might be the last episode you guys get. And then uh, we'll do something in the New Year, but we'll see. But don't worry. We have guests coming. We have good stuff happening. I am going to start doing, if you, listen, the Patreons at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin. There are going to be some changes around here and I'm going to talk about that very soon. You guys are here about that. But also I'm going to be doing some bonus episodes of some of these movies that, I, that I've been talking about on the Patreon. I'm going to get people to come on with me. I think the first one I'm going to do is don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I got someone in mind to call, to ask out to, for that one. And I'm not going to do them all the time, but it's going to be like maybe a monthly thing where I'm going to try to throw a movie in there that we all want to talk about and that we can like shit talk for a little bit. Um, I'm also going to, I'm going to do a bonus episode on the pursuit of Portia. I finished it. It's interesting. The R. Kelly shit, it was like, mm. and I want to talk about why the Cordell shit was, mm. I want to talk about, I mean, it's a short one. So, but I still want to talk about this. I want to talk about her mother getting evicted and she and her mother being homeless the second season she was on Housewife of Atlanta. That's why she was always filming in outdoor spaces. Bitch didn't have nowhere to live. And so I want to talk about these things. Um, so we got some bonus episodes coming up. We have some fun stuff that's going to be happening and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I just, listen, it's the end of the year and I just really appreciate the year I've had. Um, I've officially reached a hundred episodes on the main, which is I demand a recount, but like, uh, and I've learned a lot in that time and I, and I, I hope to use that to good use in the future. And I just hope you guys join me on it. And especially when I open podcasts on how we're all going to die. But <laughs> I mean, if we only got 18 months, let's like have a fucking good time. Let's find some shit to laugh at. Let's eat some stuff. Let's do some stuff. Let's, let's make sure we're fucking happy that 18 months, you know, you never fucking know. But anyway, it's rock of love. It's season one, episode two. It's called talk dirty to me, which is a song that poison had, um, which is, I mean, you guys know this, that like production sat down and was like, listen, let's come up with some like some challenges and stuff. And they purposely connected it to Brett songs, poison, things like that. So episode two, we got 16 women left. Um, I'm going to really try hard to say women, not girls. It's difficult because they say girls the entire, that's all they say is these girls and those girls and, they, and girls, 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 but they're women, all of them. And there are no significantly older women. Like, so on the Patreon I did, uh, celebrity rehab and there were three women there that were, um, that were significantly younger than everybody else. And it felt right to call them girls because they were standing next to Brigitte Nielsen, who is a goddamn woman. And these, these other women were so much younger. They were children compared to, to her. But, um, there, this isn't the case here. It's just that they keep saying girls, 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 and which is another, well, wait a second. I don't think girls, girls, girls is a, that's a Motley Crue song. Hold on a second here. I had VH1 growing up. Um, so I definitely saw it's Motley Crue. Yes. I know this because I was watching old people videos when I was eight years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So Brett says he wants to get to know each one of them. 
each one of the women as they're in the, the house and they film Brett working out, which we all know he didn't stay there. Everybody fucking knows that. Everybody's confirmed it. So they absolutely sent a car to go get Brett to come to the house to pretend to work out. And it's like, he's not even doing a good job of pretending. Um, everyone is talking about how sloppy toppy drunk Tiffany was. Sloppy toppy is, is a word for a blowjob, but I also use it. If I had drunk at the end, it means you've drunk too much. I went to my boss's house last night for a dinner party, which everyone was nervous to go to. Like, like we just aren't used to like our boss being like, come over to our house for a dinner party. But I actually had a wonderful time and he's got a wonderful dog named Phil Collins that I adore. Phil was so welcoming to me <laughs> and I petted him the whole night and we had great, uh, Pakistani food and we had a wonderful time and I had one beer guys, one, um, that's my limit when I'm like, I mean, that's my limit of drinking period. I don't do more than one drink. Um, but I carpooled with some people, like we parked our cars and we carpooled because there wasn't a lot of parking in that area. So we were like, let's just do one car so we can park in the one space. Cool. All right. Awesome. We get back to my car so I can go home. I have FaceTime Turtle and he's like, I'm still awake. I'm like, great. I'll actually pay you this time because <laughs> he's watching the kids. I've been gone for two hours. I was not gone for any amount of time at all. And I'm putting my stuff in the car, talking to a coworker. She's getting in her, she's like at her car making a phone call. So I, after I make my phone call to Turtle, I kind of like not run, not even jog, but like, move swiftly around my van and what I did not remember is that I parked next to like kind of a median in the uh in you know in a parking lot like sometimes they have dividers of some sort so I did not see there's a step up tripped and landed on my fucking knee hard like this morning when I woke up it hurt like a bitch um it doesn't hurt so much now that I've been walking around and stuff but I'm laid out on the ground when I hear my coworker go, later girl, she's getting in her car. She can't see me come on the other side of the van. She doesn't know I'm laying, I like just bit it. So I get in the car and I call my husband to say, uh, you know, that I'm on the way home. And I tell my fall, he goes, how much fucking drinking did you do? You shouldn't be driving. And I was like, I had one beer. And he's like, are you sure you're not sloppy toppy drunk? But <laughs> We say that to each other. If you add drunk at the end, it means that it doesn't mean a blowjob. It means you're just sloppy, sloppy, sloppy drunk. Um, what the fuck am I talking about? Oh, everybody's still talking about how drunk Tiffany was. Um, Aaron is making a rookie mistake. Gummy Bear Boobs is making a rookie mistake by talking about her ex-fiance to the women in the house. Now, listen. Listen. You must be new to this, Aaron, okay? Because we don't do that. Because the moment you talk about an ex or talk about any other man, any other man, including Justin Timberlake, which we'll get to this season, any other man will, like, I, you're, you're, you, you just signed your death warrant because people will use that against you. And so she's saying, she's talking about her ex- fiance and how they were in a deep relationship and how he like did such nice things for her he made her a scrapbook of all the time they like pictures from like the moment they met and on and stuff which is like how, who was taking pictures the moment you met whatever um and how she's supposed to she was supposed to be getting married in may i don't know when this was 
pause. Let me see when they filmed it. Back. I can't really tell, but it aired from starting July of 2007. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was filming in like February or March. And yeah, so that's close to May. And I can see why they're, why we're getting, we were getting married in May is like a shocking thing. Um, but here's the thing. Heather's listening. She's got her plate of food. She's what she likes. She's about to walk up. Just see what they doing. But she leans over like a balcony type thing. And she's like, oh, this bitch said she has an ex-fiance. She was going to get married in May. Noted. <laughs> and this is going to come back to buy Aaron in the butt later. So Lacey and Heather are drinking early in the morning. Lacey's saying she doesn't normally do this, but why not? I mean, she doesn't have to go to work right now. And Heather says, if you date a rock star, you got to party like a rock star. Um, I'm going to talk more about Heather. But the thing is, I don't find, and maybe, maybe, you know, I'm not that far in the season. And I remember how Heather acted towards the end of the season, but I don't find Heather terrible right now. Like she looks, she likes to have a fucking good time. She, she is a stripper, but she probably, but she seems to be like a good bartender. She just seems like a chick that if you were going to go out a night in the town, like you want to go with Heather. She seems fun. Um, so they all get on these instruments. Remember those instruments I thought were just for show. I would assume that I would never go over there and pick up those instruments. One, I don't know how to pay a fucking instrument. And two, I'd be like, that's a decoration. <laughs> don't play with that. But they get on them and they start playing with Sam doing a very Maynard G. Krebs spoken word poetry jam lead singer impression. <sighs> Do you guys, you don't know who fucking Maynard G. Krebs is. Dobie Gillis had a friend, had a beatnik friend named Maynard G. Krebs. And I know this because I didn't have a bedtime in elementary school and I watched Dick at Night all night. And I would, you know, Dobie wants a girl to dream me, Dobie. I watched this fucking black and white show that was supposed to be set in a time where there'd be like beatniks and shit. And he would, he would, uh, snap his hands and do poetry. And that's what Sam sounds like up there. Uh, for more recent, uh, <laughs> Death poetry jam. That's what, that's what she sounds like. So Brett stops his fake workout the production made him do and goes out to see what the noise about. He ends up joining in them, joining joining in with them while some of the women get on the poles and Rodeo was doing like a weird dance with her nipples. Guys, one thing I'll say about this episode, I forgot. Rodeo's a lot freakier than I remember. I just remember her crying over some kids. I did not realize she was like, I don't know, she's a little freakier than I remember. And Jess is standing off to the side as usual, doing her standoffish thing. So then they get really get drinking. People are doing body shots and dancing. And Heather, like with no context at all, we see Heather go, take off your top and get him to do it. <laughs> and people are wrestling on the ground. And Aaron is, Aaron is outside. Aaron is like, in a talking head talking about she's not going to act like a slut to get his attention. But I'm like, wait a second. I just saw you. I'm pretty sure I saw you lying on the bar, letting someone do a body shot off for you. Gummy boobs. What are you saying? Like I, what I, it's not that people can't be many things at once and they can be, but like, I, I, I question like later Aaron's like, you know, I look this way and I'm very sexual, but I'm not a slut. And I'm like, okay. But everything you wear has your very large clown boobs. They are clown boobs. They're huge boobs. Like at some point, like you, when you get certain types of like 
uh, boob jobs, like, you don't work a normal job with boobs like that, like, with enhanced boobs like that. And so, like, I don't know. I don't understand why I have to hear over and over again how Aaron's not a slut. One, I, I understand in 2007 calling someone a slut is, is like, an insult. And it's an insult to some people today. I mean, I don't find it insulting. I find it descriptive. But, uh, I get it. I, I fucking get it. But, like, I'm tired of hearing about how you're the respectable kind of sexy when I am literally looking at your nipples. You present extremely sexy and yet you want to make sure that we know that you're the right kind of sexy. Not the bad kind of sex. And I'm just like, what for? Like, I, I don't get it. So on Real Housewives of Miami this, uh, season, there's, they've got some new girls, which I really enjoyed. Um, there's a black girl that's from Haiti through Paris and, and like her dynamic seems interesting. There's a Russian girl who's married to Martina Navatilova famed female um, tennis star, which I never saw come in a minute in a fucking... But I think there's like a storyline that Adriana might be like, might be like having a sexual relationship with her behind Martina's back. That's weird. But there's also a woman who's a doctor and she has a son and she has a partner. And for some reason, all she talks about is how they're not married and she doesn't need to be married. But other people ask her if she should be married. Maybe she should be married. But she doesn't want to be married. She's happy with this. Marriage is antiquated. And I'm like, listen, this is a new housewife thing. But they will get you sick. They will make you have one conversation about something. And this is all reality TV, to be honest. And then they will use bits and pieces from that soundbite to make you look like a liar. So I don't know if this person really doesn't want to get married. But I'll say this. It's all she talks about because this is all they show her talking about on the fucking show. Whether she's going to get married. Does she want to get married? How about getting married? Married, 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 married. It's weird. And it's it's coming off that, like, because I don't think everybody needs to be fucking married. And if you guys are live together and have a kid together and, and you feel like, like your relationship is good and you don't want to get married, who do, sounds great to me. I don't, you guys know, I don't believe women of means should ever marry anybody. There is no fucking reason to marry somebody if you have a certain amount of means. There's just no way. There's no reason to do it if you're a woman. It's just not at all. Because married women die sooner and uh, married men live longer. And why is that? They're sucking a life force out of us. So like, don't fucking do it. Um, but it seems like it matters to her. And that's what I'm talking about with Aaron. It feels like to Aaron that like, like I'm tired of hearing about this Aaron. Like... Do you find something wrong with your wearing? Do you, like, you say you're very sexual, but are you keep trying to imply that you will not have sex? But why, how are you very sexual? Like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, uh, back and forth here that I'm just, like, unsure of why Aaron's doing this with me. We get a talking head of Dallas saying the house to turn to a strip club that you find by the airport with fat chicks with bad boob jobs. Guys, I don't remember Dallas talking this much. <laughs> I don't fucking remember it. <sighs> um, Sam and Magdalena and a few others sitting outside and wondering if they have to get naked on national television to spend time with Brett. 
and someone is saying, when do we get alone time with him? And so someone else jokingly says, when you get naked. And Sam is like, no, I don't believe that. That's when Sam lays out the divide in the house. She calls, she says there are two groups, slutty outgoing girls and bitchy introverted girls. And the weird thing is there are six contestants on either side, because they give us, they throw up a graphic of it. There are six contestants on either side, but there are 16 girls in the house. And so like, mm, women in the house. And so like, I'm like, oh, some of these people aren't even on here. I, I'll tell you what, if I had to divide them, I would say there are, about half the house is about really outgoing. They're like, I'm on a show, I'm doing body shots, I'm here with Brett Michaels, I know what he likes, and that's for me to take off my top, and we're gonna do that. I'm gonna kiss other girls, and roll, run around a pole, and roll, like swing around a pole, and that's and this is what we're here for. And the, the uh, second group is called the smokers. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure like most of them smoke and that's why they're always outside. Later when uh, the pool stuff happens, Jess is sitting next to two packs of cigarettes. Uh, Marlboro cigarettes, Marlboro lights, I believe, cigarettes. And I just feel like the reason they're always outside is because they're smoking. And part of, and that's part of what's keeping them away from the action. I'm not saying the outgoing girls that are with their tops off don't smoke. I'm saying that like, it's one of those things where if you smoke, you know, you have an excuse to leave and then they kind of rally around out there. Um, Jess is the queen of the, of the, we don't want to party group, the smokers group. Um, I also noticed, okay, so there's a woman there named, let me make sure I get her, her actual name. Cause she is so fucking, I think she's the most beautiful. I think she's probably the most beautiful person there. Fuck, what is her name? What is her name? What is her name? I gotta find it on my notes. Her name is Faith. Faith looks young. She's blue eyes. She has really like smooth skin and this. she looks luscious in a way. She doesn't look like any other, her aesthetic is nothing like any of the other women, but she doesn't really stand out. I don't remember her the first time I watched this show way back then or the many times I've watched it in between. I don't remember her. She doesn't really stand out. She doesn't have the aesthetic that the other girls have. And, but she's really fucking pretty. And I'm like, and I just noticed her. I was like, oh, Faith, okay. She's cute. But that goes to show that like who you notice, who you remember on this show is really based on what they do and not what they look like. Um, okay. So like I said, Jess is the queen of the smoking outside girls. And for some reason, Lacey runs out there and she's like, I want to get to know you guys. I mean, she's obviously drunk. She's in the, she's in the bathing suit and they're all just like looking at her like, okay, what the fuck? Cause she's been running around doing all kinds of wild shit. And she's like, what's your favorite color? How many beers have you had? You should have more. And I'm like, and they basically tell her to go away. They basically tell her to get going. Jess keeps like making a movement over her head with her hand as if to say like everything that we're saying is going over your head and they're all laughing at her. So, you know, uh, Lacey is upset. She, and we see her talking to various members of the party squad about how Jess is a stuck up bitch and how funny would it be if she pushed her in the pool? And guess what? That's what she does. But she doesn't really push her in the pool. She kind of runs over and tackles her and yanks her into the pool with her. Now, guys, pushing pool, people in the pool is stupid. I have never understood why why people want to do that, why why anyone thinks it's funny, because you have no idea these, these people's, like, 
swim skills. Like you could be pushing someone in the pool who cannot swim and is about to drown. Everyone's been drinking. What if they hit their head? Uh, those are all like super dangerous. Like don't push people in the pools. But also, Jess is really angry. And I and the, an obvious reason Jess is really angry is that Jess is fully dressed. She has on jeans and like a fucking fleece jacket and Lacey is in a bathing suit. One of us belongs in the pool and one of us doesn't. So she's really pissed about it. She basically tells her to walk away and um, stay the fuck away from her. Um, and Lacey's like, well, you're not fun. And when Jess walks to the house to take a shower, cause she's like wet now, they all like are mocking her saying like, I'm wet, ooh, walk away. I don't remember, I didn't remember that part. Like I would be really annoyed by that. So they get their challenge for the day. Faith reads it. Super cute. I do not remember why I don't, didn't remember her. And it's a phone sex challenge because Brett is away a lot and he needs someone who will call him and fuck him through the phone. So they decided this is how we're going to find out who's best suited for by with these little challenges. Nobody ever talks about how much these of love shows, which are competitions, of course, how much they remind me of the challenge how there's always something you have to do. And if these things were still going on at this point, they would have people up in the fucking air in harnesses, jumping from building to building. They do shit like that. Um, this is the this is the age of reality TV, this, um, this particular season where they're trying to combine shit with th- like The Bachelor and like fear factor you know what i mean like so they have you doing all these things to win someone else's it's weird um but again this is something set up by production and bet and brett just shows it when they tell him to so brett comes down he's in flame pajamas absolutely looks like he got on aliexpress and some of the ladies are in lingerie because they're getting ready for the, the challenge but most importantly he does not have on his wig do rag cowboy hat combo it's just the wig. Um, <laughs> somebody commented last week that they don't think he's wearing a wig. You're right. He's not wearing a wig. He, he, he's obviously like had some hair plug stuff happening. That's his actual hair. That fried orange, thin stringy hair that absolutely needs to be cut off. I just find it funnier to say it's a wig. It's sometimes when things, I will sacrifice everything for the funny. Especially in celebrity gossip. I like, like, the stuff that would make me laugh the most is the one I decide is true. Like, when Christine Brown left the Brown family, um, or when we realized she left, everyone was like, oh, okay, well, we don't know if she actually left. Um, it could be this, this, and that. And that's true. It could be this, this, and that. However, it's funnier to me that Christine Brown hooked up with the lady that Catfish Mary and they're living together and like starting a family, like starting a new family and shit. That shit's funnier to me, so that's why I choose to believe. Um, but yeah, that's it's 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 not a wig, but if it were a wig, it'd be from it'd be from Party City. Like it's obvious he's losing his hair. His hair is fried from years of being like uh bleached and shit. Like, I mean, his hair is fucked. And he needs to cut it really badly. He needs to cut it, he needs to do what Metallica did and let go of the fucking hair at some point. He needs to do with Thor, Thor Ragnarok. That's what he needs to do. Cut his hair. When, 
what is that? What is that guy who plays Thor? I don't fucking remember. Chris Hemsworth stops wearing those terrible extensions that they make him wear for Thor, and he cuts his hair. He is so fucking hot. I mean, listen, he's a hot guy. Anyway. I mean, people like to. If you want someone to throw you up in the air and catch you with your dick, that's the type of thing you're looking for. I catch you with their dick. That's the type of thing you're looking for right there. But he looks so good when they cut his hair. And Brett, you are not in a hair band anymore. And it, it might be it, it might be time for you to like, you know, just a little snip snip. It would change everything, give you a little but like do that. But um so there's also someone there from Central Casting who apparently is going to measure the flow of blood through an artery name that I cannot pronounce. They say the name, I Google the name. It's the, it's the, it's called, it's also called the penile artery because it brings blood to the penis area. Um, and when you, you know, you, you get blood, you, blood flows to the penis when you get hard and aroused, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm not here to explain sex ed to you guys. So we got to do this because it's a VH1 show and VH1 has to do the very fucking most. We can't just have Brett go, I thought this one was the best. We have to be like, no, no, let's measure it. Okay, cool. And also the way he... <laughs> When he brings out that machine, it's got like a little white, um, I don't know how to script. It looks like a harness. And my first thought was like, are you about to put that on his penis? Like, w- <laughs> is this necessary? <laughs> is this really necessary? Whatever. You know, VH1, they love their stunts and shows. Um, so, <laughs> also like, so the, the it's done anonymously. They, uh, Big John makes them pick out numbers in the hat but like some of their voices are very distinctive so i was like he's gotta know who that is so you know we see a few of them tamra was super confusing this is the one that brett thinks is stupid um magdalena which brandy seen her career calling magda magda leanderthal because she's tall and she i was like okay cool 2007 heather even says this is one 900 drag queen 2007. So, Megan sings badly and Brent actually hangs up on her. Aaron does a British accent for some reason. Lacey is whispering sweet nothings into Brett's ear about him being a king, which he actually likes. And Tiffany is talking about how when Brett gave her boxing lessons, I was like, what? Did he? And what is sexy about that? And she also says, don't threaten me with a good time, which makes him realize it's Tiffany. You know, Tiffany, listen, I have no doubt that Tiffany's drunk. All the time. I, I like. I don't think production made that up. Uh, first of all, all they do is provide liquor for everybody. They want you to be drunk. They they want you to get to a certain level. They they want you. Their hopes are that that everyone's lubricated enough that you do some things. You you loosen up. But if you get drunk enough that you are a nuisance and it's entertaining, they'll take that too. So I have no like doubt that she was drunk. But also, she's from Chicago. She has an accent. I'm assuming it's Polish. Chicago's full of Polish people. Uh, They say there are more Polish people in Chicago than there are in Warsaw or Poland. I mean, but people say a lot of things. But that's one of the things they say. I think she's got a Polish accent. And she's drunk. And so her accent makes her sound more slurry and more fucked up than she is. Um... So after they do all this, Brett comes out. He's got these cards that show his blood flow um, throughout the calls with the number next to the lady who had it. Um, I'm sure some intern with the Kinkos and literally made this shit up, but fine. 
So who wins? Rodeo, Aaron, and Lacey. They win the the date for the Now everyone's mad because it's gotten around that Aaron has a fiance. This is not true. <laughs> Aaron says she had an ex-fiance, but I guess Heather's been spreading around that she has an actual fiance or a boyfriend, and everyone's like, she does not deserve to be here. Um <laughs> and they all hate her. So Brandis Brandy C. Um, she's in her talking hand. She's like, she has circus boobs. Not only does she hate her because she's got a fiance, but she got circus boobs and they don't even move and you can't play with them. So she doesn't know why she's there. <laughs> so in the room, I guess Aaron and Brandy C have the same room. Brandy C says in her baby's voice, I want to kick you. <laughs> and Aaron is like, what? And then Brandy C starts yelling, I'm jealous. Is that so hard? I meant kiss. You're fucking stupid. I didn't mean I want to kick you. I want to kiss you. I'm like, Brandy C, what the fuck? She's drunk, probably. So they start calling each other name. Brandy C calls her clown tits. And Aaron says that uh, Brandy C is of a lower intelligence and has a meth scratch face. And apparently Brandy C has some scars, which I don't really see. I guess when she's not wearing makeup, I can see faint scars. But like when she's in makeup, she's in the chair. I'm like, I don't see shit. But um, she's got some scars from a car accident she was in. And once, like Brandy C starts this, right? She's jealous. She wants to go on the date. She feels like Aaron doesn't deserve it. She's upset. She starts this. But once Aaron calls, says she has a, basically Aaron's been saying that she's like trailer trash, like during the argument. When she says she has a meth scratch face, Brandy C goes in the closet and starts crying and says it's unfair because Aaron is making fun of her disability. Guys, those scars are not a disability. <laughs> They're not, I mean... They're not an asset. I understand like that it is, it's, it's part of Brandy C and that people can use it and then it can be detrimental to her. I understand that, especially the way we are in society. Pretty people can do whatever they want, fucking want to. We value attractiveness, especially in women over anything else. And her having those scars, I, I can understand how they'd be detrimental to her life. That said, it's not a fucking disability. Okay. Um, there is no accommodation that would make this easier for her. Um, like less lighting. That's not, she doesn't have a disability, guys. But I find it interesting that that um, Brandy C is allowed to say whatever she wants to to Aaron, but when Aaron says something to her, she like collapses in the closet with Christia, like, you know, right there with her. I don't know what's going on in the other room, but Heather is talking about her dog of some sort. And Dallas says that she should kill, she needs to kill her dog. And I'm like, why? <laughs> what was Dallas saying? Like, it's so fucking random. And she says, in fact, kill all pets. And she only wears animals and eats them. I don't know, man. This is obviously a really weird and dumb. Like, I would not be offended by this. I'd be like, why is she saying that over there? Um, she thinks she's being funny, I guess. But Lacey hears it and she's a PETA girl. And she asked Dallas if she has any pets and Dallas says she had a rabbit and she also has rabbit skin coats, rabbit fur coats. Um, Lacey says she loves animals and Dallas says that if, she, if an animal is there, she slit its throat right now. What? What? <laughs> Again, like it's hard to be offended by someone saying something so ridiculous. There's no way that if an animal wandered in there, Dallas would like mount it and slit its neck. So this kicks off the Dallas-Lacey conflict of 2007. Lacey says she can't sleep in a room with her, and Dallas says exactly. 
And Heather is just watching, calculating how this affects her. She's just looking. In the end, Dallas and Brandy C. end up switching rooms because Brandy C. can't be in a room where someone made fun of her disability, quote unquote. So she agrees to go. So this is the other thing. She decides to go upstairs to talk to Brett and Christia comes along too. And she tells Brett that Aaron is making fun of her face and saying really bad things about her. And Brett is like, what? She said you're you're ugly. She's making fun of your the scars from your accent. What? <laughs> like to him, keep in mind, like he's seen none of this. And even though he's an executive producer on it, he isn't going to see any of this because it would change the outcome of the show. Like it would affect the filming of the show. So like to him, he's just like, oh wow, there's a lot of women here. And um, wait, one just ran up to you and told you that you have an ugly face? And was that's not cool. Like that's what he's thinking. Meanwhile, he has no idea to start off with Brandy C being like, "I'm gonna kick you." <laughs> anyway, she and Brett make out, and Brett promises to talk to Aaron because he knows that under those humongous tits of Aaron's, she has a heart of gold. So they go on their date in a stretch Hummer, no less, <laughs> to a studio to meet. Don was a rock producer, like a famed rock producer, and like they're working on Brett's tracks. Well, one track. See, when I think Brett's tracks, I think of his weave. <laughs> That's what I think of. Now, it was a wig. Now it's a weave. I don't know. <laughs> Lacey is really excited because this is her element. She's a musician. She records. They make out after she screeches on the track. Rodeo sings and then moans. Into... Guys, I forgot how freaky Rodeo is. She's like rubbing her ass on his dick and going, oh, oh. I'm like, what? fuck is going on um she says she could have had an orgasm if she wanted meanwhile Lacey says she doesn't see uh rodeo as a threat um because they don't have passion in the chemistry but rodeo and rodeo and brent have a makeout moment like on a on a velvet couch like looking like a soap opera makeout moment so what does Lacey know so for Aaron's turn, she does her Brit accent again and promises to be a dirty mama who spanks him and Brett's into that. And they go off to talk and Aaron says, Aaron, they make it, they edit it so that Aaron's saying a lot, including that she's sexual and pretty and looks this way, but she's not a slut. And again, I'm like, why am I listening to this? Like, what, you, your mouth is saying one thing, your body language and your actions are saying a different thing. And I understand that you want to be classified as a good kind of sexual but the fact is, there really aren't any good or bad types of sexual. There's just sexual, and there's there's a sliding scale of sexual. Some people are more, or more out there with sexuality, and some people are a little more conservative with theirs. And it, it's all of it's fine. But she seems like someone who wants the attention of dressing provocatively and looking provo- and like modifying her body in a provocative way, but also doesn't want to be categorized with people who do that. And I and I just find the whole fucking thing confusing. Um, and to be honest, Brett's confused too, cause he's not listening to her in his talking head. He says, just looking at her tits. And I'm like, great. So back at home, Heather's crowning her team, the A team, also known as the varsity squad. And the editors give us a montage of the team, like A team style, like that, you know, Heather's the captain, Lacey's the instigator, Tawny is the body and the Barbie twins, which are Christia and, um, Brandy C are the brains. Now I just want to point out. I've never seen Tawny before a day in my life. I've seen these these episodes many times. I have never in my fucking life, like if you had put out, if you had shown me a picture of Tawny and said she was on Rock of Love, I would have been like, who? 
Because, one, I keep telling you guys, watching these shows with the intent of taking notes so I can talk about things changes the way I watch them. This is a 43, 44 minute episode that took me maybe an hour, hour 15 to watch because I have to keep pausing and writing things down or like rewinding to catch things that I thought I missed. And I just want to say, Tawny, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> I no clue you were on this fucking show. Now they've decided that they're going to get Aaron out of there. Like the A-team has decided they're going to get Aaron out of there because there's an elimination tonight. They they want to tell Brett about Aaron being actively engaged to someone else while on the show, which once again is a lie. No one ever said that. What Heather heard was not this because we heard the audio of what was being said while Heather was standing there and this was not it. So when Brett gets back, he goes from girl to girl who didn't get to go and tells him how fun it was and says, man, you should have been there. I'm like, bitch, you should have invited them. What the fuck? And he's just saying that he's not getting enough time with them. And I'm like, but you choose how you spend your time. You're acting like like someone is preventing you from doing that. Now, if we could break the fourth wall, he could say, well, production wants me to do this and do that. But, dude. He also talks to Tamara and calls her dumb as a box of rocks and says there's no connection, but she's super hot and that's why she's there. Listen, guys, this show is not... Um, a treatise on feminism, okay? But I still find the way Brett is talking about her gross. And I'm just like, she seems nervous to me. She seems like she, I mean, yeah, they put the goofy mu- music on when she's like trying to like figure out what's happening. But she's not, I don't think she seems dumb. She's just like overwhelmed by the process, which is understandable. Um, The fact is like, I don't trust anybody who gets on a reality TV show like this and just like fucking takes off. I don't, I don't trust anybody like that because they, I don't know. Tamara seems like a nice girl. So Heather goes to Brett to tell him that Aaron is supposed to get married in May, which is a lie, like I said. And Brett in his wig, do-rag, cowboy hat combo is concerned and pissed. And Heather kisses him and says she's glad they got to spend some time together. But I talked about this with Flavor of Love. Every time the women get to sit down with the the main prize of the show, all they do is talk about the other women and who needs to go. And so she's like, yeah, I'm glad we got to spend some time together. I'm like, you spent your whole time talking about Aaron. What are you talking about? So Brett calls out Aaron and asks if, he's in, if she's engaged or married. And she says no, that someone is trying to sabotage her. And like, I really respect Brett for this. The next thing he does is go get Heather. And like for me as a person that like really hates artifice like this, like I just, well, who told you that? Go get him and let's have this conversation instead of being like, oh, I heard this and I heard that. No, 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 Let me face my accuser. And so Heather comes out. By this time, she's already changed into her elimination leather wear. And Heather tells a lie again. Aaron says, again, that's not true. And Heather says, I'm just looking out for his best interest. That's what I heard. And... The thing is, she's saying she heard that, like, someone told her. But, and maybe, you know what? Maybe she's saying that because production told her. I don't know. Maybe she didn't really hear anything when she said that balcony, but production told her what was happening. But that's, but based on what I'm looking at on this show, that's not what you heard. You're wrong. And so Beth's, Beth's, <laughs> Brett sends them both away and seems confused about what to do next. This is, I want to talk about Heather for a minute. Heather's a pick-me. Okay, do you guys know what a pick me is? A pick me is 
a woman usually. I mean, I, I guess it could be a man, but it probably have to be a gay man because what it is is a woman that is her main priority is being chosen by a man and in some ways being being her main priority is conforming to patriarchy so that she can be chosen by it so a pick me is someone who's like who almost everything they talk about is everything they value is so that so a man will choose them right so like if you love to to cook that's great, right? If you love to cook because you feel like women today don't know how to cook because men want to be taken care of and so you make sure you know how to cook so you can take care of your man. So that song, Cater to You from, from um, Destiny's Child is a pick-me song. It's about how what they value highest is the fact that that man chose them. Now, that's the simplest terms. I know some people listening will be like, well, what's wrong with that? There's, there, like, literally there's nothing wrong with that. If that's your bag, that's your bag. But pick-me's are often on the internet. Um, you'll often see them in comment sections of, like, trying to convince women not, that they must change their names, convince women that they're not supposed to make more money than men, that, like, um, people who are raped deserve it. Like, it veers to that type of, like, opinion type of stuff because to pick me behavior is like I'm doing what I have to do to be valuable to men and the thing is is that this is a pick me show right because the whole goal of the show is to be chosen and so that's why people like Heather and New York they are acting as pick me's in this but here's the thing pick me's are automatically desperate because if your highest goal is to be chosen by someone everything you do relates back to that you give off an air of desperation it just fucking happens it's really hard not to like the the fallacy in pick meism is this is that <clears throat> if you most people when presented with someone who does everything they can do to be the person you want them to be gets a sixth sense of being gross because it's really desperate in a lot of ways. And that's why New York was never chosen. She never could be chosen. It doesn't matter how, how many times she's like, that's my man. And, and she would do anything for him. And, and, and she, and like, she's at the end of the day, she, she's answering this question, which they did. I think they did in both, in both, um, season when both, uh, in both uh, shows, would you hate me if I chose the other girl? And she's like, never, because I love you, because that's a pick me thing to say. And I think in this, we'll get to it eventually, but I think in the in the final episode, Heather is basically, uh, um, maybe production wrote this for him, but I'm sure that, actually I'm like, I bet money production wrote this for him, that Brett was like, what if I just want to take you both home, be with both of you? And Heather's like, yes, yes, of course. Pick me behavior, whatever you want, whatever it takes to get you to see value in me. I will do, even if I want to, or it doesn't matter if I want to or not, if it means that you will value me, I will do this. And Jess says no, I guess, or says, I don't know. We'll get there I'll, when I, I'll remember when we get there. 
And in each instance, they chose the other one. And the reason is because pick me's give off a desperation that is unattractive, even to the type of dude that really loves a pick me. It's like, yeah, I want someone like Chloe's a pick me. Chloe is a like, you know how Chloe, when she gets in these relationships, will just like literally do anything. Like she's like, yeah, I'll move to Mars right fucking now with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, spend my entire day sourcing candy. <laughs> for you because that's what it, and like I it's it's hard but there's a fine line towards like being dedicated to someone and being a pick me um it's just a fine line like I go hard for my fucking husband hard but there is no there's no pick me in me okay because I, first of all I hate to prove people why you should love me. You either love me or you fucking don't. Like, even if I have to list out the reason why I'm so great, I'm automatically fucking turned off. I am attracted to people who really like me. That's what I'm attracted to. <laughs> but there's plenty of stuff I do for my husband. But I would never, like, value being chosen by a man over everything else. I just wouldn't. Like, I don't dress for men. I don't dress. I don't, like, my behavior is not, like, so some man will be into it. I'm never, like... If you ever, <laughs> there, there's a whole subsection of the internet that's just married women talking about the work you need to do to get a man and keep a man and, and valuing the fact that they've kept a man. Lots of these men are, un, are like worthless. Like, I don't even know why you, they, he costs you money. He's not, he doesn't do shit. Um, and telling and like giving out this sort of advice. They're all pick me's guys. All of them. Um, yeah, so, uh, like, Heather, but I don't, I don't blame Heather. Heather doesn't seem out of place being a pick-me in this show because this is a pick-me show. Like, the, the literal premise of the show is please pick me. So that's why Heather fits in really well for this, but it just occurred, like, this, on this watch, I was like, oh, she's such a pick-me. She's, like, uh, the type of, a type of woman that's, like, I only have guy friends because, Men things, like the opinions of men are more important than opinions of women. So automatically they diminish, diminish anything. For, like they, being picked isn't just about a romantic, it's about men liking them. Like they are catering to being liked by men above all else things. The type of thing that, that like, so they'll often dismiss things women tend to gravitate through like um like bravo shows they don't watch those because if they say they don't watch those it's because um it's uh you know it's it's they put it way down here you know a very brandy a very uh what is her name kelly ben simone um you're down here and i'm up here like i watch sports because i'm a guy like you know what i'm talking about the type of person that will tell you like you'll meet them within five minutes and they'll tell you they're a guy's girl Right? They're like, I watch sports. I sit on stools. I fart. Like, <laughs> those are fucking pick-me's, too. Just a different brand of pick-me's. Pick-me's come in all shapes and sizes and colors and variation. But uh, once you start to see it, you can't unsee it. Um. Okay, it's elimination time. And they do all the lead-up interviews about how people feel. And, and they all ask them, who do you want to go home? And... Uh, <laughs> Tiffany does a drunken interview where she says she wants Brenda to go home. 
Guys, there's no Brenda. <laughs> oh, Tiffany. Um, that might even be from the episode before. Like, <laughs> I, I don't trust production. <laughs> so, um, Brett shows up in another wig, do-rag, hat combo. And this time, the hat says America's Outlaw on the sign. And also, he's wearing a cow print long duster coat. <laughs> he looks fucking ridiculous, guys. <laughs> so, Rodeo gets the first pass. Jess gets number two. And Lacey gets number three. I think it's interesting. He didn't spend any time with Jess. They kind of picked Jess. Like, I I told you guys, I read um, I read the Reddit uh, Ask Me Anything from someone who said they were a story producer for these types of shows during for a certain period of time they could be anybody it says they were verifiable who the fuck knows i take everything with a grain of salt especially on fucking reddit well everywhere i take a, anything on the internet i take it with a grain of salt but um unless i want to unless it's very funny and i want to believe it <laughs> like like when portia was first uh everyone was seeing her with simon and they were like portia stole fallon's husband blah blah, blah. i was like yeah that's exactly what happened because that's what I want to happen. That's the most fun thing that could have happened. And other people were like, they were just at a party. You don't know. I'm like, uh-uh. I've decided. <laughs> the most fun thing that can happen is Portia slept with a castmate's husband and is stealing him. Even though you can't steal somebody who don't want to be stolen. But you understand. Like, I was like, that's the most fun thing that can happen. That's what fucking happened. And guys, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> so, um, But... The person with the um who did the ask me anything said that they anticipated like from the beginning that Jess and Brandy M would be the last two standing that there would be this great story between and by they they mean production production thought there would be this great story with Jess kind of breaking down her walls and Brandy M was such a fun like so it could be like a it'd be like a uh, you know your New York versus your hoops type of thing. I don't fucking know. But that, but whether that's true or not, that makes sense. He didn't spend any alone time with Jess this episode. He didn't even do a body shot for Jess this episode when he was when he was doing the group partying scene. By the way, he's like, we are partying a lot and it's just as my fault as theirs. And I'm like, okay, well, is this not what you were looking for? You said you you do part, like partying's your thing. You're backstage, you're on the road. You party, party, party. Like, is something wrong with this? No, that's what you came for, right? Well, what you upset about what you came for? You literally got rid of that group of, of middle-aged mom insurance agents uh, dressed conservatively at the beginning, at the, within five minutes of the first episode. If you wanted a little less party, why, why aren't they here? What? <laughs> Brett, Brett, stop playing on my fucking phone. Stop playing on my phone. And so, but anyway, so we get Rodeo first pass. Jess is number two and Lacey gets number three. In the end, he ends up eliminating Tiffany, Faith, Tawny, and Tamara. Now, like I said, I just noticed Faith and I was like, that is a beautiful girl. She does not fit in with the rest of these and I understand why she got eliminated. I really, like, she's just so cute. She looks luscious. I don't know. She just looks like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I know Tiffany was there because she was entertaining. That's the reason they let her stay and... So, obviously, that's the reason she's going. Tawny, maybe he just looked up and was like, wait, who are you? Just like I did. He's <laughs> like, look, she's got to go. And Tamara. Um, and Tamara's the one that he thinks is stupid. Um, 
when Tamara is leaving, um, she goes down the wrong hall and, uh, <laughs> they have to help her find her way out. Listen, I don't think she's stupid, but I think that was Brady's gold <laughs> when she couldn't find her. Like, yeah, put that in. Um, she does mention that her name is not Tamara, which is what Brett was calling her. It's Tamara. Um, and Tiffany, her last interview is like, he made a mistake. Like, Tiffany's so drunk, like, during her previous, <laughs> uh, let me go back. When Tiffany did bad at the, um, at the phone sex challenge, Brett said, this might be your third strike. And she, they cut to her doing her, like, exit interview. It's obvious her exit interview. But, I mean, you don't realize that till later. Where she goes, I'm not getting eliminated tonight. Brett's getting eliminated. And it just makes her look even more drunk. Because I know what she was trying to do. But what it seemed like she didn't know, she didn't know how the game worked. <laughs> it seemed like she was like, I don't know. Maybe he leaves. <laughs> like, it's like that. Um... Masterful editing, but as she's leaving, like she's doing the interview on the lawn where they do, or on the driveway or whatever the fuck, um, she's like, he really made a mistake. I'm someone you could take home to your mom. And then she hawks a loogie, but it's obvious it didn't happen at the same time. It's probably while she was preparing to like get filmed and she's like trying to clear her throat. And I'm like, yeah, they got you again. They got you fucking again, Tiffany. <laughs> I'm glad she went home, and I really hope she doesn't have custody of her kid. I know that's mean, but I really, like, like just doesn't give me high hopes for her family. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, listen, next next week, there is a motocross uh, episode, and I don't know if I'll be doing it the f- next week or if I'll be doing it, like, if I'll take a break off. I'll, I'll check the Instagram. I'll, 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 once I figure out the schedule, I'll let you guys know. Thanks for listening. Toodles. Thank you.